With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, welcome to episode nine of the Hockey News on the Dub podcast brought to you by BetMGM. I'm Carol Schramm and with me is our WHL expert, Liz Child. We'll find out a little bit more about where she is in a minute, but uh, first a rundown of our episode today. Uh, We'll be starting off by taking a look at the WHL players that are selected to January's CHL Top Prospects game. We'll also cover the Detroit Red Wings as our NHL Team of the Week. And for this week's Connor Bedard report, we will check in on the World Junior Championship. Uh, This is our... Christmas holiday episode, so to speak. We won't be back until the second week of January. So we've got a little bit of a preview here for World Juniors. And uh, by the time we return to talk to you again, the medals will be handed out and the All-Stars will be awarded. So uh, um, check out all the other World Juniors content all over the Hockey News website because uh, it will be coming at you fast and furious all the way through the uh, through the holidays. Nice to see you, Liz. Uh, what's going on and what's, this, what's the story of your backdrop today? You too. Um, there's no big story. It's I uh, went out last night with some friends, didn't feel like driving home, so I uh, stayed overnight in a hotel, but we can, we can call it that I'm just on the road um, today. Uh, kind of in a different perspective which is kind of nice uh getting to see how how the big wigs manage to do this all the time when they're on the road as we were joking earlier um but what about you how how's everything been going like the weather and everything that we were talking about um yeah it's been pretty crazy here in vancouver thankfully i i will be staying in town for the holidays so the airport situation doesn't impact me other than making sure that uh, our hockey teams are able to get in and out of town successfully. As far as I know, the Seattle Kraken are here for Thursday night's game against the Canucks. And then Vancouver's got to get out to play Edmonton on Friday before they go on their holiday break. Um, It's about minus 10 degrees Celsius here on Thursday morning, which is probably about 15 degrees Fahrenheit, I think, um, which is not, traditional Vancouver weather and the fact that it hasn't gotten warmer or rained to get the snow off of the streets means that basically there's still a lot of snow on the streets from the uh, big dump that we had a couple of days ago and uh, there's some freezing rain and other fun stuff in the forecast for the next couple of days so I will be uh, sticking close to home and grateful that I can get to and from Rogers Arena on foot for the next little while. I did get to the uh, Jets Connects game last weekend where I saw uh, former WHL star Josh Morrissey doing his thing against uh, against Vancouver in a big way. Um, and uh, the uh, the Minnesota Wild also rolled through recently and, and were absolutely outstanding with their WHL rich roster. It was funny. I noticed that um, we talked about how there are so many WHL players on Minnesota. There's a remarkable number of Minnesotans on Winnipeg. 
<laughs> so there's some kind of strange grass is always greener kind of thing happening there i think <laughs> uh they just love kind of turning things around on everyone uh but no you bring up minnesota and i'm actually going to watch them tonight against the sharks uh my first game as a hockey fan rather than working a game in probably almost three years so i'm really excited to just kind of go and enjoy my time rather than have to like take notes run around find everyone, track everyone down. So sorry, you just brought that up and I was like, oh, this is exciting. Yeah, no, that's great. Have fun. And um, yeah, as long as you're not super invested in the Sharks, the Wild have been on a massive <laughs> roll ever since they came through Vancouver. Uh, they're, uh, they're they're playing really well and, uh, and, and have a lot of good things happening with some uh, role players really stepping up. And, and Matthew Boldy has, uh, has been absolutely outstanding for the last couple of weeks. So make sure you keep an eye on him and his... Uh, his top line role. I'm really excited. Hopefully, uh, hopefully we'll at least have a good game. It won't just be a blowout, but we'll see <laughs> who knows anymore. Yeah, I know. And the NHL is still so unpredictable. It could be exactly the opposite of that as everybody gets close to the holidays as well. Anyways, let's, uh, let's get into top prospects because we've got uh, a long, long list of WHL players to, uh, to acknowledge, which is great for the league. The game is going to be hosted in, uh, in at the Langley Event Center by the Vancouver Giants on January 25th, and out of the 40 players that were selected to the two, the the, uh, the two rosters, there'll be 20 players on each team. There are 19 from the WHL, which means there's only 21 from the O and the Q combined. 15 are coming from the OHL, and uh, and six from the Q. So it's really really strong representation from the dub this year. Um, Seattle leads the way with three players on the team and, uh, Vancouver Giants have two players in, uh, Thomas Hanzek and, and Jaden Lipinski. So, uh, let's dive into that, starting with the goalies, three out of the four goalies that will be in the top prospects game are all from the dub. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I feel like we've talked about Scott Ratzlaff plenty. <laughs> I will continue to talk about him forever though. Uh, goaltender of the week also this week. So a little shout out to him. Uh, absolutely fantastic outing. Uh, he's looked great, you know, with the absence of Thomas Millich at, at Hockey Canada for World Juniors. It was kind of one of those, okay, this is his time to kind of step back into that limelight. And he has absolutely taken it and ran with it. Um, with a little bit of the holiday break, we'll see. <laughs> but <laughs> It's really nice to see him. Um, and then Carson Benjamin as well with the Brandon Wheat Kings. Um, he's kind of done the same thing all season where he's just kind of stepped up and said, yeah, I'm going to take control and lead this team into, into some victories. Um, and then Jackson Unger from the Moose Jaw Warriors, who is kind of one of those goaltenders that I wasn't fully expecting to kind of see on this top prospects roster. Uh, but I'm really excited that he is. Um, he's one of those guys where, I think last season everyone was kind of sitting there being like, oh, he's going to be one to watch. He's going to be, a you know, one of those goaltenders that everyone's kind of going to be scrambling for. Um, and maybe this season it's been a little bit more rocky for him, but, you know, I'm really excited to see how he does in this top prospects and amongst, you know, those top level elite peers. Um, he's a great goaltender. Uh, I just, it took me a minute to be like, okay, okay, yeah, he's named, you know, I'm re still really excited to see him, but it was a little bit more of a surprise, I think, than some of the other names on this list. Yeah, it was interesting to see how the players were chosen. I, uh, I dug into the details on the uh, CHL press release, and apparently the uh, the selection process is basically from a survey of the 32 NHL clubs, so 
they go to the NHL teams, they say, who do you want to see that you might be interested in drafting next June? And uh, those are the players that end up getting selected. So uh, you may be surprised to see Jackson Unger, but obviously he's caught the eye of enough teams that they were like, yeah, yeah, let's, let's give that guy a run and, uh, and, and see uh, what, what he can do. Like you say, I don't, no matter which team you're on, it's going to be a tough job. The goalies always have it the hardest in these, uh, in these types of events. Um, now moving on to the uh, defensemen. Um, only four out of the 12 defensemen that have been selected uh, are, uh, are from the dub, which uh, is, you know, low for the representation this time around, but still uh, very respectable and uh, some, some high quality guys uh, will be in the mix. Yeah, and I mean, honestly, I feel like every one of these guys I've, I've said something about at some point this season, um, obviously starting with like Luca Cagnoni, I don't think I've said too much about him. I don't think I've said enough, but I also feel like everyone's heard me say it. It's Luca Cagnoni. Basically, since the day he, he joined this league, uh, it's been the Luca Cagnoni show in Portland, and it's been really excited to watch. Lucas Dragosivic, on the other hand, um, with the Tri-City Americans, he's one of those players who's been on the rise. You know, he started out, everyone was like, okay, he's a good player. And then as he's been going this season, I guess it's the other way, he's been kind of just on the up and up. Um, he set a Tri-City Americans franchise record with a 24-game point streak last week, which was, it's been fun to watch him this year. <laughs> Lucas yeah. Strakasivic's just kind of been taking the Tri-City Americans and being like, all right, let's go. Let's go. Um, they've got some good players out there, but he's definitely been one of those that you're sitting there being like, what's he going to do tonight? Um, what's he going to come out with? How's he going to look? And he has not disappointed throughout this year at all. Um, and then you have Tanner Mullendike from the Saskatoon Blades, which I feel like everyone has kind of seen the Saskatoon Blades on a complete tear right now. Um, they're just kind of steamrolling opponents and looking really good. And I'm excited to see him uh, at this tournament, and along with Caden Price out of Kelowna. Um, he's another one of those guys where you're just sitting there being like, you know what? Kelowna's had some up and down games this year, but Caden Price has been showing up and it's really going to be an interesting um, comparison, I guess, for him. And great. Now moving on to the forwards, this is where the dub really shines. And uh, the math of that all sort of works out. We keep hearing about how the 2023 draft is going to be really heavy on forwards and is going to be really heavy on players from WHL. Therefore, we have a lot of forwards from the WHL that will be at the top, top prospects game. Out of the 24, 12 come from the dub, which is half. So I went through the list and, and grouped them by team because we've got a couple of teams that have uh, have multiple forwards that will be at uh, the top prospects game. And uh, where better to start than uh, with the host team from Vancouver? <laughs> uh, there, there might be a little bit of bias there. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I mean, you start with Sam Honzek, who's out with uh, with adult world juniors right now my, my brain is blinking on the country Slovakia. completely right now <laughs> there we go i don't know why my brain just was like i don't remember any country other than the u.s and canada right now uh but yes he's out of world juniors uh, excited to see him there and then when he comes back you know basically straight into that uh top prospects game um it'll be really exciting to see him uh play and then you have Jaden Lipinski joining him from the Giants, and that's going to be another fun one. I feel like every time you watch a, a Giants game, you just kind of hear his name around, and looking forward to seeing him as well. Uh, um, and then uh, heading north in British Columbia, we've also got uh, 
two forwards from the uh, from the Prince George Cougars who are draft eligible and uh, have both been tearing it up this year. Yeah, I mean, we have Riley Height, who I feel like, again, we've talked a bit about, um, who's just looked fantastic. And then Cohen Zimmer, who I think since last season, everyone's kind of been like looking at him as, all right, you've got something. Let's see what you can do now. And he's continued to step up into that role and look really, really good. And again, I, I feel like all of these players, I'm just sitting here being like, I'm looking forward to seeing them, but it's a top prospects game for a reason. Everyone's looking forward to seeing them. <laughs> Absolutely. The scouts are in the same mindset that you are. Uh, now we've got uh, Zach Benson from Winnipeg. Yes. Um, he's one of those players I'm excited to see how he stands out because he's on a loaded Winnipeg Ice team. Um, he's got some big name, you know, teammates around him just kind of on that same line working around him and he still managed to look good. But this crop of prospects for 2023's draft, you know, standing out among that crowd. I mean, you've got Connor Bedard, you have Andrew Crystal, you have a bunch of big names. Uh, standing out among them is going to be another big task for him to overcome. But I feel like he's already on that right track to get there and he's going to look good. Um, He's a talented player on his own, but it's going to be interesting to me to kind of see how he does with different players around him, um, just because he's not going to have like the Carson Lambos and Matt Savoy's. So that'll be really interesting. Um, and I think the same can be said probably for the next player on our list as well, who's playing on a very wagon-esque Seattle team. <laughs> um, what's the word on Nico? Uh, yeah, so you have Nico Majadovic out of the Seattle Thunderbirds. And like you said, I, I feel like with the way Winnipeg stacked their roster, Seattle looked at them and said, no, we could do that too. Um, you know, you have one team from the East, one team from the West, and they're just kind of staying on pace with each other, just kind of adding um, those those assets. But Nico Majadovic has been one of those players where I actually feel like Zach Benson has kind of been standing out and people have been talking more and more about him. Um, I kind of feel the opposite about Nico Majadovic, where people have been talking about him, but it's been on such a different level where it's just kind of been like, okay, he's good. Yeah, okay. And then moving on, whereas Zach Benson, I feel like it's been growing a little bit more. Um, Nico Majadovic, I believe it was Matt Odette a week or two ago, was talking about, you know, who's who's the most underrated player um, who everyone should be watching, uh, but kind of is on that, mm, he's on that level. Um, and he had mentioned Nico Majadovic, and I, I completely agree. He's one of those players that I think since last year I've been really excited to see. He does have a late birthday, so this is his first draft eligible year. Um, and I'm really excited because he's one of those players who on a stacked Seattle team has still managed to be like, hey, guys, I'm still here too. Like, I'm playing really well. Look at me. Um, and I'm really excited for that. He's also just uh, from what I've seen and what I've kind of heard about him, he's also just a great kid. So you always like to see those kind of guys succeed and looking forward to that a lot. Excellent. Now, the next two players I've, I've grouped together, even though they play on different teams, but uh, they've been <laughs> playing together their whole lives, grew up together. The lower mainland boys, Connor Bernard from Regina and Andrew Crystal from Kelowna. I hear it seems like Andrew Crystal's name is getting tied to Connor's more and more as we work our way through this draft season. Do you agree? Um, I think so. It, I think it's also just because of that level of play. They're, they're, I'm not going to say I, I feel like I've said this a couple times, but I'm not going to say Andrew Crystal is on that level of Connor Bedard. But if you want like a Connor Bedard light, I feel like Andrew Crystal is <laughs> sitting there in the wings going, I got you. And I think he's going to go a little later in the draft than maybe he, he deserves to simply because there's so many players in this draft that are kind of on that. All right, let's fire on all cylinders. 
Um, but I do also think that as we get closer to the actual draft day, he's kind of going to sneak in there and maybe go a little higher than some people, like some fans and some scouts might be expecting. Uh, but I think he's going to go later than he deserves. So it's kind of that fun little mix. But yeah, I do believe that as the year goes on, their names are just going to kind of get glued together. <laughs> Excellent. And now we've got four more forwards to go. Uh, three from the prairies, one from the U.S. Uh, no offense to any of these four, but let's uh, let's just bang them out quickly here so we can move on to the rest of the show. <laughs> yeah, um, no, all four of them completely deserve to be talked about, and I'm sure we will uh, as you know the year goes on. But uh, Nate Danielson out of the Brandon Wheat Kings, you have Callan Lind um, out of Red Deer, Grayson Sachin out of Seattle, which I feel like we have talked about him quite a few times, and then you have uh, Brid Yeager out of Moose Jaw as well, who I feel like we've also talked about a few times. So all four of them. Fantastic players. Can't wait to see what they do. But for the sake of time, we'll, we'll talk about them on another day. Um, and you had one snub that you wanted to mention as well. I did. And I feel like a couple people have kind of agreed with me on this. But as you said, the representation and uh, the blue line is a little low for the WHL in this one. And I feel like Carter Southern um, out of the print of uh, the print. The Prince George Winterhawks, the Portland Winterhawks. I can't even remember. <laughs> can't even remember team names at this point. Um, out of the Portland Winterhawks, you know, Carter Southern's been one of those players who, as a rookie defenseman, has absolutely shined. Especially playing alongside Luca Kenyoni. I guess if you had to choose between the two of them, it was going to be Kenyoni all along. But Carter Southern, I feel like, should have been making maybe making that roster a little bit. Uh, all right, that's a name to watch as the season goes on. See if he can uh, attract a little more attention from the scouts and uh, and where his name starts landing in the uh, draft rankings as they get closer and closer to uh, to draft day in June. Uh, one other quick note on the top prospects game: uh, a little more Vancouver flavor. They uh, announced at a press conference last week that uh, Daniel and Henrik Sedin will be the uh, celebrity coaches for the uh, the two sides in a rare situation where they're actually going to be playing against each other instead of on the same side. As far as I can remember, I think that only ever happened at like one all-star game and when they were six or something. So um, that's a, a very rare situation to actually see them go head to head and they'll be assisted. Um, I'm not sure who goes with who, but uh, uh, Vancouver Giants coach Michael Dick will be on one bench and uh, w WHL legend Stan Smeal, who was a, uh, rough and tumble star for the new Westminster Bruins back in the seventies will be uh, on the other bench. I'm so excited to see that. Has anyone checked in on Connor Bedard and see how, seen how he's handling that? Because I feel like the Sedins, he's probably sitting there going. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. Connor is a, a well-known lifelong Canucks fan. So uh, um, considering he plays it pretty close to the vest most of the time, it'll be interesting to see if he gets uh, a little bit visibly emotional when uh, his opportunity comes to uh, play for one Sedin and against the other. Um, I wonder which one, <laughs> which part of that will be more significant to him. Uh, anyways, once again, top prospects, January 25th. Keep an eye out for that in the new year. Now let's uh, move on to our NHL team of the week. Um, we are hanging out in the Atlantic right now. So uh, we're on the, uh, the Detroit Red Wings. Um, they don't have any prospects currently in the WHL, but uh, you've got a couple of drafted prospects that you wanted to talk to us about. Yeah, I mean, and starting with Sebastian Costa, I feel like everyone's kind of seen what he can do at the WHL level and in juniors. Um, and there was a, a lot of talk about, you know, is he coming back? Is he not? What's going on with Sebastian Costa? And he's been absolutely outstanding, um, basically in 
just everything he's been doing, he has bounced back and forth between the ECHL and AHL. I believe he just got called back to the AHL, um, but he does have a fantastic segment with the uh, Hockey News on the E podcast, and you absolutely need to go check that out because uh, it's just a fun listen, and, and I just I can't talk enough about that, but Sebastian Cross has been one of those guys who is really exciting to just kind of watch and see how his career is going. Um, as a goaltender, you do kind of get bounced around. It takes a little bit longer to break in, but um, – you know, he's one of those guys, I feel like everyone's kind of been ready for him for a while now. Um, and then kind of moving on, you have Cross Hannes, a former Portland Winterhawk, uh, who has basically made the jump to the pros look easy. Um, he's been basically one of the top guys on the Winterhawks for the last couple of years of his career. And then all of a sudden he heads to the, the AHL with the Grand Rapids Griffins, has appeared in 17 games. Um, has seven goals, five assists, and basically has picked up right where he left off last season, uh, which was, you know, flying high and kind of picking up all the points that he possibly <laughs> could. Um, it's interesting looking through the, uh, the the Grand Rapids roster that um, even though Detroit sort of has this reputation that they've been finishing low in the standings and accumulating picks and prospects, they don't really have a lot of top guys on the, the Griffins roster this year. There's Simon Edmondson, obviously, who went really high. I think he was like a second, second or third overall pick in his year. Um, Hannes was a second rounder in uh, 2020. But... Um, maybe you know they've got some young guys that are already up with the uh, with the big club players like Lucas Raymond um and perhaps some guys still coming from Europe but uh, I was I was a little bit surprised to see that there there's not as much depth at the uh, at the AHL level as I as I would have expected um but still too much depth for Sebastian Casa to get regular AHL starts <laughs> so he's got to wait his turn like you said as uh, as goalies often do it will come um, on the main roster for uh, for Detroit, we've got uh, a couple of guys who came out of the dub as well who are a little older. Yeah, you have Michael Rasmussen, who, uh, you know, played for Tri-City Americans, for the Tri-City Americans uh, from 2015 to 2018. Uh, just kind of a fun guy to watch. I think, uh, I'm not going to lie, I sometimes forget that he's a dub guy when I'm watching Detroit, where I'm just kind of like, yeah, okay, he's there. And then all of a sudden I think about it, I'm like, Oh, I remember watching him, <laughs> but it takes a little bit for my brain to kind of go, Oh, right. That's why I know who he is. Cause I'll sit there and be like, why does he seem so familiar? And then all of a sudden my brain just kind of clicks and I'm like, Oh, and I think it's mainly just because I don't watch Detroit enough. Um, you know, they, they don't come out here and play in San Jose too often. So <laughs> kind of forget about them a little bit. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's nice to see him succeeding and kind of, you know, sticking around and, and having, having that NHL career going right now. Um, and then the other uh, former dub player that's on the Detroit roster hasn't played at all this year. It's uh, Mark Pisek, who was a member of the Edmonton Oil Kings, and uh, he had Achilles surgery. So he's uh, on their big roster, but uh, I don't think they have a, a timeline for him to get back into the lineup anytime soon. So uh, that's Detroit and the WHL. Now, uh, our Connor Bedard watch this week is kind of going to be a little bit of a hybrid of uh, of Connor slash Team Canada slash World Juniors, um, given that he's been away from the uh, from the Regina Pats for a couple of weeks now already as we record this. Um, the streak is still alive, though, right? <laughs> yes. Well, so I mean, I think it's the same update that we had the last time we checked in on him. He he's sixty four points and. 
uh, 28 games, which again, 64 points in 28 games. <laughs> Like, I don't know what else we're wanting from him, even though I, I keep joking and being like, you know what, next time I want X amount more uh, with him being away at World Juniors. You know what, I'm expecting... I'm going to say I'm expecting 20 points out of him at World Juniors <laughs> just just because I can. Um, and that's before the medal rounds. That's that's just qualifying rounds. <laughs> I want 20 points <laughs> out of Connor Just the four-game round, Robin. Okay, you're only asking for five points a game out of him. That seems doable. Um, <laughs> It's funny, though, watching the pre-tournament games that have been on TSN this week, um, I feel like uh, Gord Miller and, and Craig Button are kind of echoing you a little bit. They're using one of Liz's favorite phrases. I feel like we could see more from Connor Bedard. <laughs> it's like see, it's just, not just me. No, it's totally you. not just you. He teases this incredible talent, but it still feels like the lid has not completely come off of what he can do. So it will be really interesting to, through World Juniors to see if he can uh, can, can crack through that level. Um, I, did you catch any of yesterday's game? He got uh, two penalties as well. It was like full goon Connor Bedard on, uh, on Wednesday against Slovakia. I, I had it on in the background. I'm not going to lie that the pre-tournament games I've been a little bit checked out on just because I've had so much other stuff going on. And then we had a Barracuda game last night. Um, so I've <laughs> been a little bit running in circles, but I'm not really surprised. Connor Bedard one of those really fun players where like he's a top guy, like an elite talent. And yet he will also like for not being the biggest guy around, he's also willing to kind of just go at it and be like, all right, let's go. And um, I'm going to be honest, you don't tend to see that from guys who are also picking up points uh, at the pace that he is. Um, like, when was the last time you saw Connor McDavid just kind of, like, go at it and be like, all right, we're going to play super physical and just throw the body around and, and do whatever I want? Connor Bedard's like that nice little mixture of both where he's like, uh, I'm going to score on you, and I'm also going to, like, forecheck, backcheck, like, just destroy you in every aspect of this game. Yeah, the sense that I got when I saw him um, play against the Giants was um, he was talking a little bit about how he's kind of needed to build that toughness because he's not the biggest guy in the world and he's needed to demonstrate in a league like the Dub that he's not going to be let himself get pushed around. Um, and one of the penalties that he got against Slovakia, which was, was kind of impressive, he was sticking up for a teammate because um, his linemate Brennan Othman got high-sticked in the mouth and crashed into the net and was down in considerable pain. And there was no penalty on the play, but uh, Bedard went after the player that did it immediately and uh, caused the, the fracas that led to, I think it ended up being a four-on-four -four opportunity, but he was the guy that was right in the middle. And I'm sure it gives the coaches heart attacks when he does stuff like that. <laughs> but I also really like to see him with that kind of team spirit and, uh, you know, and, and willingness to go to bat for his line mates. And I'm sure that uh, that they appreciate it too. Othman did come back into the game. And uh, when you're playing with Othman and Shane Wright, uh, you know, it, it, it doesn't hurt to have goodwill all the way around among those three. What's funny is just that, you know, you think about Renner Othman and he's not really the player that you feel like other people need to defend. He can kind of hold his own and kind of go at it. But just Connor Bedard kind of step into that role and be like, no, you still don't touch, you don't touch anybody. Um, it's kind of nice to see, honestly. It's a, it's a little bit of a change of pace from other, other top guys. Uh, yeah, it's something that is, has kind of impressed me. And um, a few other dub guys in the mix at, uh, at World Juniors as well. Um, I'm sure you were thrilled to see Thomas Milich get the shutout in the uh, in the first pre-tournament game for Canada against Switzerland. 
uh, and uh, looking through uh, your your picks for uh, Tony Ferrari's list of uh, World <laughs> Juniors predictions. Um, good on you for doing that. I spent probably an hour staring at everything and couldn't commit to anything. So I'm just over here sitting on my fence. So uh, while you stand for Logan, Logan Stankoven, I'll just be here at the end of it all going, I knew that was going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I uh, if, if you haven't read that yet, you need to go check that out if you're listening to this because it was a lot of fun. And, and uh, we've, we've got some uh, differing thoughts throughout the uh, Hockey Dudes crew who participated, but also we have a lot of guys who uh, tend to agree. However, I am the only person who picked Logan Stankoven as my tournament MVP, so <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Um, <laughs> I'm here for Logan Stankoven. Everyone else chose like Connor Bedard or uh, like I think Luke Hughes was a name that popped up, but Logan Stankoven, you got to watch out for him. And who did um, you uh, who did you pick for your gold medal matchup? Uh, I believe I chose Canada, USA, and uh, if you're from the USA like I am, please turn away. Don't listen to the next, like, 10 seconds, uh, but I did <laughs> Canada to win over Team USA. Uh, yeah, I got all bogged down because I was like, what's going to happen with Sweden and Finland? And I'm so curious about, uh, you know, about what Brad Lambert's going to do after he was benched for uh, for part of the tournament in the summer and coming back, looping around on that. and. Um, you know, I don't think Yuri Slavkovsky is going to get released to Slovakia, but they do have a bunch of, you know, good players and they could play spoilers. The Czechs played well in the summertime. There just there were just so many variables that that my brain just kind of fried out. It was just, you know, and I, I unplugged it and plugged it back in and I still couldn't <laughs> come up with a list. So uh, yeah, my, my bronze medal game, I have Czechia beating Finland um, and specifically because of Tomasz Suganek. Uh, in net he's gonna be fantastic and I did see a bunch of people choose him as their their tournament goaltender and uh honestly if I hadn't gone with Thomas uh, Thomas Milich Tomas Sukanek was right there um so I don't really care between the two pick one of them uh <laughs> they're kind of both fantastic I love both guys um but like as you as you said I I very much enjoyed Milich picking up that shutout in the first game of the pre-tournament play uh, awesome um, just kind uh-huh. of on a San Jose note, I was actually also really excited to watch uh, Ben Gaudreau last night and pick up that that win. Uh, 16 saves. He wasn't tested a lot, but you know what? I, I enjoy watching him thrive. Uh, he is an OHL kid, so we don't talk about him on this podcast, but had to give a little bit of a shout out to a, a San Jose prospect. Um, absolutely. And uh, there's there's still nothing easy about playing goal when you don't see action for a long period of time. I think he got like one shot on goal in the whole second period. So um, that's uh, not an ideal situation. The one goal that uh, Slovakia did get credit for uh, went to Samuel Honzek, a guy who that we do talk about because he's from the dub. Um, but uh, apparently it was a, a Shane Wright own goal and both Wright and Goudreau were falling all over themselves to take the blame for that uh, that thing. Wright was like, it's totally my fault. And Goudreau's like, no, I stuck my stick out and, and it was totally my fault. So um, again, the Canadian guys really having each other's backs at this point in the tournament. It's always nice to go in as the defending gold medalists and the favorites with the stacked lineup. Everybody's happy now. Let's see uh, 
but how this all rolls out if you're watching this uh, a week after we record things might be a whole lot different you never know as we are recording on Thursday the 22nd of December so uh, at this point there's um, one more round of pre-tournament games on Friday and then of course the tournament gets going on Boxing Day so uh, that will be or December 26th for those of you in the U.S. who do not celebrate <laughs> uh, it's it's just a name. Uh, so uh, yeah, World Junior is going to be super fun. It'll be uh, it'll be a blast as always, and nice to see fans back in the stands and it looking a little bit more World Junior esque and uh, with all of the holiday trappings and everything around as well. Um, so that about covers our uh, our content for this week's episode. Um, thanks again for listening and thanks for uh, joining us for uh, for all of our run through the fall. Um, as I mentioned earlier. We will be back the second week in January with more leading up to top prospects. Um, the CHL or WHL trade deadline will be imminent. Um, the, uh, uh, oh, did I say December 9th? January 9th, sorry about that. Uh, the week of January 9th will be our, uh, will be our return and January 10th is the uh, WHL trade, trade deadline. So by then we'll know whether or not all this kind of a guard <laughs> trade hype has turned out to be much ado about nothing as Liz expects that it will be. Um, and I tend to, I don't know, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see what the chatter turns out to be like as, uh, as world juniors goes along and he has so many eyeballs on him and then we'll yeah, lead into top prospects and the, uh, and the run for the playoffs. It should be fun. Um, pleasure hanging out as always all the best uh, to you and your family and everybody that you love for the holiday season merry christmas merry christmas everyone happy holidays hopefully everyone stays safe and warm uh <laughs> thanks can't, can't wait to come back but also i hope everyone kind of enjoys this little bit of a break that we're, we're having and um yeah uh, check out all of the content on the hockey news website uh, for uh, everything to keep you updated while we're off. And uh, we look forward to getting back to uh, back to it in the second week of January. Take care. Thanks, everybody. <laughs>